welcome back to the Life in Digital podcast. To kick off our year of speaking to experts in the digital sector, we have a special episode for International Women's Day with Karen Carter, COO of Bloom. Bloom is a professional network for women in communications that champion women in all stages of their careers. Karen joins Ed to go in-depth into how industries can tackle unconscious gender biases, the barriers women face to equality, and shining light on the overall challenges women encounter in the workplace. We hope you will enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Life and Digital podcast series. It's a real pleasure today to be joined by Karen Carter, um, who's president of Bloom um, UK. Karen, first up, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm actually not the president, although I know I know her quite well. I am the COO technically. So COO. I didn't My want apologies. Caroline to be wondering what, what had happened if she'd been if she'd been drummed out of service. But uh, yeah, so um, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you so much. And Bloom's an organization that I know a lot about from the outside, uh, or a bit about from the outside. So I'm so excited today to learn more. And I know that our, our listeners will will be too. Um, it'd be great just to jump right in, Karen, if you could introduce um, both yourself and, and Bloom. That'd be, be awesome to hear a bit about, about you and Bloom. Yeah, um, let's see, a bit about me. Um, I've been over in London now for about 14 years. Apologize, little train noise, of course, just as we start. Um, it's live. Uh, been over in London for about 14 years. I've been in marketing for my entire career. Um, most currently, I'm in a company called Cvent, running their enterprise marketing efforts for Europe. Um, joined Bloom about, I think it's my fourth year, because I was really keen to uh, get, get and find and build a network of, of women who were kind of aligned to the same sort of goals. Um, Bloom was founded, I believe it's about 12 years ago now, by a group of women who were seeing a disparity in the workplace, particularly in marketing and advertising. Yeah. And their goal is to and the vision of, of Bloom is really that it's about giving women equal opportunities in the communications industry, um, whether that's, uh, you know, finding the dealing with the gender pay gap or the challenges of intersectionality and all the different issues that arise and, and frankly have changed quite a bit, even in the 12 years since we've been created. I'm sure it has. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a it's, it's a fast paced um, world. And I think if I just reflect back on um, my, my career, fifteen years, is you know both the companies I worked for pre founding Sphere and, and our customers, there's been you know some really some really what feels like some really positive change. Um, I guess organisations like Bloom are, are, are making a big difference. So how does um how how does Bloom work when you're a Bloom mentor or you're involved with Bloom? How how, how does it work as a as an organisation? Yeah. So so it's. Every year we do a membership drive uh, yeah. that starts kind of in late December, January. And really, you know, uh, part of our uh, and why Bloom was created was really about future proofing women's careers. It's one of the pillars yeah. and how we spearhead industry action and ultimately pay it forward, which lines to our, our goals of, of fundraising for women's aid. We're not for profit. Any yeah. money we, we make, we try and put 80 to 90 percent of that back in and keep what we need just to keep things running. So. People sign up as mentors. They need to have at least seven years in industry. Um, we do this on an annual basis. And, um, and, and the intent for every member is that they, they, or every member is that they take on a mentoring role. So what we then do, and we're in the midst of right now, so you know, shout out to anyone who's about one to five years or so in industry or um, thinks they might need a little bit of support to, to go out and fill out the membership information. 
Uh, you can probably find that all over LinkedIn if you just look up Bloom UK. So yes. then we do a matching. We do a very rigorous matching program. It's one of the biggest mentoring programs um, in the UK. Uh, this year, we're up to almost 500 members. So you can expect to see a lot of matching that will be going on in the coming months. And then there's a series of other programs and things that we run throughout the year. Um, and then we can talk a little bit more about some of those, like exchange and the different events, um, Bloomfest and that sort of thing. So our intent is really to just build a network, drive a community, and give people who've been around that chance to help and grow that next generation, particularly of women um, uh, in the industry. That's so cool. And um, in terms of the vision for this year and looking at 2022 in focus, what, what, what's the 2022 mission? Um, well, the mission this year is really, I mean, I like to read it, so I make sure I get it right. So okay, down I'm the it. same. Um, <laughs> and, and the mission this year, it's, it's been fairly consistent. We tweaked it a little bit for this year, and it's to make a difference to women's lives and empower women to be whoever they want to be, to remove the barriers to women's equality and be a formidable force for change in the industry, shining a light on the challenges women face and fighting for the equity women deserve. And I should point out that that women is that term in all forms. We really look at that, uh, those conversations around gender and representation of anyone who, who is a woman. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and I don't wanna go um, and make it a, a pandemic discussion in any way today, because <laughs> we've had a lot of those over the last year. Oh, it's, it's a big part of, of you know, what we're trying to deal with from a challenge perspective. I just, um, I just wondered what your view on what, what that's actually meant in terms of equity, um, just from the oh, home working piece and you know platform when people aren't in your, yeah, I just wondered what your, what, your, what your take on it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, both personally and from all the reading, which I'm sure we've all seen, is, is what the pandemic has done for that equality in the workplace. Yes. That's the great resignation, the impact on women in general, women's burnout. I was just reading an article, I think it was in the New York Times yesterday about that, a big research study that's come out from McKinsey. And all the stats tell you that, particularly for women, by the impact on home life, particularly for, for mm. people with children, just the mental health issues, all that whole effect has, has uh, really hit women, I think, exponentially in many ways. And that needs to create a flexible workplace really because become critical. Anything this pandemic has, has shone, shown a very strong light on that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that it's, it's something that we as a business, it's like companies have proven, the company I work in was very much office office. So when the pandemic hit, everyone got very concerned. And then all of a sudden leaders are looking up and going, oh, people still do their jobs when they're at home, et cetera. So, so my hope is that through this pandemic, you start to see that flexible workplace structures just continue. Yeah, I'm sure and they that will. businesses will, are, are just taking a breath and saying, oh, people, including women in the workplace can be just as productive, if not more so, when they're given that level of flexibility to do what needs to get done to achieve whilst also making sure that they're not burning out. And particularly when you get to women of a certain age, it's been even more pronounced. Um, you know, it's a challenge for, in this industry for women, even over the age of 40 and increasingly even for men um, to find new jobs. So I think all of these are the kinds of conversations that we have within Bloom and the different kind of what we call inclusion groups that people yeah. drive conversation and stuff in to just help help support each other uh, through things and, and just bring together an understanding and inclusion that doesn't exist, I think, in a lot of other organizations. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think with the whole um, flexible working, we can all see now that working from home is here to stay in some sort of hybrid model. But I think the, the, the really important thing um, for companies to consider is um, working hours actually, because like it's about getting your work done, not necessarily getting your work done between nine to five. So um, yeah, school runs and um, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be a school run to require a slight effect for working, but there's just a whole bunch of reasons why yeah. our output can be amazing if we're given the freedom to, to fit it around our lives. But it's, it's also um, that challenge though, I agree. Um, like I'm, I'm not the greatest in the morning, which is funny that we're recording this in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm very no, young no. children. So I'm good. My, in the mornings. Um, I kind of kick in in the afternoon, which on one hand mm. helps because my company helps to be based in the U S so a lot of this stuff happens in the afternoon. However, so, so finding that balance between trusting your people to get their work done, but then also as individuals, how do we, how does a company walk their talk, I guess is the way I'd say it to say, it's okay if at whatever that time is, you're not online and you don't need to respond right away. Uh, because what I find personally is that next thing I know, I lift my head up and it's eight o'clock at night and mm. I haven't walked away. So it's a combination of individuals going, it's okay to walk away and companies making sure that employees understand that it's okay to walk away, whether that is like school pickups and certain things um, aside, but also that because that comes around to the burnout and the whole, you know, you get into that cycle. Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's it, it, it's it's a it's a culture, isn't it? And it's also hard when you're working across across um, different time zones because right. um, your yeah your 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 evening global, is global, your, your EST yeah. or it's um, yeah, there's a time zone thing. Exactly, and I think um, it's it's again it's it's an it's up to the individual to do that. But I do also think getting back out and seeing other humans will will I think also tip tip a little bit more balance, if that makes sense, because suddenly, well, and, and I can only speak for me, me getting up and going to an office suddenly is that forcing function to draw that line. So I think having that mix of when you need to focus and sit down, you can do that, or it's based on the kind of work you do, of course, um, having that quiet time is great, but then figuring out those moments where you can get it together with people. I mean, I know at, at Bloom, it's, when can we get back in the room? How We're trying to think about ways as we grow our membership base, to give people those opportunities to truly meet and network. I mean, I, my, my, our, our chief strategy officer this year, Samantha, we've been working together between this group called Empower and some other things within Bloom for two years now. We've never met in person. Mm. And it's like, can we do that somewhere? It's amazing what we've all been able to do remotely, <laughs> exactly. you know, beyond, beyond my wildest expectations, how that's gone. Um, and also in-person in contact is invaluable. And, and I, I personally, and I'm only one, one, one person of one view, but I, I really rely on it. I know how productive I am at home. And I know how much security I think people get when they sit in a room sometimes and express how they feel in a way that you just simply can't do on, on video at times. And I also think that when we feel uncertain in life, it's hard to commit to things and it's hard to feel um, to feel safe because there's uncertainty. Right. And actually having structure in your day and knowing where you are and when you're there, that does, again, in my view, create a level of certainty that actually helps us to... Um, to, to, to know how we're doing and to and 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 to and to, and to yeah have more confidence in our work sometimes. So I think that that's the the balance that I believe we can achieve. It's just um agreed. And how and how, how, how our, do we get there? This we surveyed our member, we survey our members at the end of every year. And mm. and one thing that did come back kind of 
was this really interesting conversation about getting back in the room and being able to build the, the that the relationships that were built, mm. you know, we had an entire year, an entire membership base who never were able to get into a room together effectively with very few exceptions and very small. Yeah. And so, you know, your ability to really want to engage and lean in is a little bit harder depend and, and it's completely understandable. So while, you know, I think we had a fantastic year, it'll be really interesting to see as we pivot back into this world where it's like, yeah, we'll just, we're, we're doing our big kickoff meetings next week. We will do those online because it's a huge group of people and we want to make sure people don't have to rush around to get places. We'll do one. In the, we're going to do one in the morning, one in the evening, but then it's increasingly becomes when can we get in the room too? So yeah, well, this, this is the funny thing about, so talk about, 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 about burnout and that conversation, because really what's happened in my view, since remote working, you know, since, since, since February, March, 2020, whenever it was for, um, people and businesses um, people are doing more work because there is so well, exactly. much to do and then there's so much life to do and actually the thing I really struggled with because we, we we at Sphere went back to two days a week I don't know last July perhaps um, and then again that started again this year yeah. yeah and um, we have a company down on Wednesday and then a team day and then actually some some people in the office more than that but two days is kind of what we're what we're shooting to but i really struggled to get my work done because i was so used to starting really early finishing really late and i live outside of london so not commuting so it was strange i feel more productive and i feel better overall but coming into london three days a week i was knackered which is so strange having come in for five days a week for such a long time and oh, it was just I... a sense of how do i fit my how do i fit all my working so i've got so used to these just high productive sitting in my home office getting through insane work. I think the thing for, for at least for me, again, it's like, I can always speak for myself. I'm as, as I like to joke, I'm an extroverted extrovert. So I, this kind of banter is how I think. Yes. And how I come up with ideas. Yes. And, and people who can sit in the room alone and just crank, I'm, I'm a little jealous of because in this <laughs> pandemic in particular, I was like, who do I bounce? I mean, the dog is pretty good, but he, I don't get a lot back. So, so that face-to-face -face, and and it's just not exactly the same here because you spend your time worrying about oh you're going to step on someone audio delays this and that and the other you're on mute so yeah it's like even when i get on the i have to go into london tonight i'm i'm a little exhausted at the thought but at the same time and i'm finding that at home i had you know i had as many as i will have as many as 12 or 13 meetings in a day yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and to be fair, like we're all kind of remote and and I work a lot back with, with the North America. However, so finding the time to get the work done or or when you want to have just that, hey, Ed, have you thought about this? Or, hey, hey this is going on, spin back, suddenly mm -hmm. becomes a schedule a meeting, do a huddle on, on Slack or do a phone call. So it takes more time. Yes. So I'm almost curious to almost test out are you more efficient are you less are you just driving a relationship that you didn't have before by in the physical space but then in that flexible world do you have time to sit back and then focus to get a few things done as well because i'm like i have to put a headset on to even think when i'm in an office environment yeah it's funny so i guess it is it's person to person personality types you know are different people's natural um uh, where people naturally work best is um is different yeah. and uh and at different times of our careers different times of our life how we're feeling outside of work but this, this all comes into i think just um you know as a recruitment company we most of our people are you know human contact people um 
and and we also have quite a you know quite a young workforce so we, we we were fortunate to the extent that we had a team who largely wanted to come back to the office which suited the business and and um yeah what what, what we've seen really is that output wise we're as productive from home so it's not a productivity piece um we were able to grow on board for us it was just about taking care of people because um yeah take we, we felt we felt like we could take better care of people if we could sit down with them and, and see how they were um but yeah again don't want to make it all about that but i know it's um i was really interested to kind of it's, yeah i've read all the gender um issues and how adversely women have been affected versus men and i've seen yeah, it just the, firsthand the people, in my personal life the people that we've spoken to a lot of people have done career changes we've seen even within mm. things um looking for work um the the trying the juggle you know um and i think what we've tried to build with bloom and and continue to do is really thinking about how we support and nurture and and build a community that we can um uh, keep uh just as people hit a wall or run into challenges how we help and support them everything from they're out on the job hunt how do we help you know queue up job opportunities that people might not have come across mm. um very specific challenges around around mental health, and and I, the level of candor that I see in conversations of this is going on with me, help, you yeah. know, and and the number of people that will come in, everything from, you know, maybe they're looking for new childcare, or just you know, a job challenge or a good book to read, but then getting into some pretty detailed stuff about women's bodies and um, a specific challenge in the workplace, workplace bullying, things like that, and if nothing else, at least personally, the number of people that I will count as friends, like people yeah. I know that if something hit the fan, I can pick up the phone and go, ah, has, is pretty phenomenal. And, and that's a good, really comes back to kind of the, the, how we think and, and support each other, as well as mm -hmm. then, you know, how we pay that forward to the next generation, because there's a lot of young people now that, are running into some of the same issues that I just assumed were just not even a part of the workplace anymore. anymore yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know the cycles repeat for sure. And um, I know one of the big themes for uh, Bloom this year is breaking the bias. I wonder just what that what that means to you and what that means to, to Bloom. Um, how we're really thinking about that is it's calling, I mean, ultimately it's calling out bias on an inequitable behavior. Yeah. But then also like making sure that we're doing that at every turn and really challenging the cultural and industri and industry barriers and, and ultimately the ones we reinforce in ourselves that unconscious bias that'll come through. So, so first it's about educating people. There's, there's like, if we shine a light on the challenge and have a candid open conversation, what do we learn? Um, how do we inspire people? Like what actions can we take individually or what are we seeing others doing? And how do we use those as examples? That's a big thing for this year is yeah. action. Um, really, you know, walking that, walking that talk. Like if there's something going on and there's an inequity, do we want to go march down the street with it? As yeah, one, and, and, These yeah, are the conversations action. we're starting to have now. And ultimately to, to, as I mentioned, like this is about encouragement. Like how do we talk to each other? How do we help people understand um, the issue? How do we help raise them up if they're in the middle of the issue? How do we give them a level of nurture, in nurturing and support as a community? And it's also working with our allies, really mm -hmm. taking allyship seriously. So for example, how are, how can I be an ally to other, other groups of women? 
How can we have men be a part of that conversation? That was why the exchange was developed, but really doing more with that yeah. to build that allyship, understanding unintentional, intentional biases that are very common in our industry, as we know. I mean, I've just personally, I've sat in interviews and I can see them looking at my face going, she's not 25. I mean, I can viscerally see it. That's crazy. And um, to and to the point of having a recruiter once in an email saying, these are the bullet points of what the person, the that my my client needs and one of them said must be under 40. Wow that's yeah. illegal. And everyone's like, Did you see? I'm like it wasn't in a job description I can't go back yeah. um so so it's all those kinds of things and we're working on an ally guide we produced an ally guide and we obviously have our men that are part of our exchange program um to really continue conversations especially on things like sexual harassment in the workplace workplace bullying is still a big thing and ultimately in those individual mentoring programs to help young young people to just understand what they can and cannot do i've had a, i had a, a mentee who said that she sat in a cafe with a senior senior gentleman screaming at her and i said did you get up and walk away she's like well i couldn't do that i'm like of course you can so just there's i think there's a lot of expectations that frankly anyone puts on themselves particularly early in their career if they want to be successful so they put up with things that I mean when I look back when I was that age I probably had people shouting at me but I would like to think that as I as I learned from from people who were more senior I suddenly went that's not acceptable and then how do you own that and not feel that you're going to get fired at every turn so it's yes. all that kind of stuff that comes together and that really for us is how we think about how we break biases and ensure that we're even unpacking some of the, the preconceived notions we have as individuals. Yeah, and that's incredibly hard to do. Um, I know how I think for the first, I don't know, everyone's different. For the first five years of your career, I think it's hard to find the confidence to know where you are um, and, and, and are you in the right job, are you in the right industry? You know, it's, there's, there's loads of questions. I, at the beginning I of never realized career. how lucky I was um in my first my first job out of out of uni I was doing something I loved absolutely loved it I had big fixated on what I wanted to do went to university got that degree got the job loved it work crazy hours I was a do you know what a grip is on video shoots I, I don't know please grips love gear they're the lowest okay. people on the totem pole and I was the only woman in I think my state in the U.S. who was doing it so as you would expect with a bunch of union lads <laughs> um I got a very thick skin very quickly uh once had a gentleman try and touch me and he got a punch. Um, Great. But uh, well, yeah. And he tried to touch I know, I know I hurt him. Um, but, but what was, what I was lucky to have was these incredible bosses and, and, and um, who gave me the support I needed, the feedback I needed in, in a way that worked for me as an individual and looking back, I realized how lucky I was to have that earlier in my career. And it wasn't until I had a horrible, horrible set of leaders mm. much later. And I went and, and even then I didn't know what to do with that because it was so was so unnerving for me. So I think that if we can if we can save some pain, perhaps <laughs> yeah. um, and, and take the experiences that we've had, whether you're seven or eight years in business or 20, um, I certainly hope, and it's something. It's it's the, one of the most enjoying things that I do as part of Bloom. Yeah, mentoring. I, yeah, I know. I've, um, I've my wife and I are involved in some mentoring actually outside of work with um, a different charity. But it's um, yeah, an incredible thing to do if you can 
support and listen to listen to people it's yeah. funny i think i have a simplistic view on businesses but it, just when you were talking about your first manager i had amazing first managers um actually who were all women so um, i think that helped me understand that so sphere we have a 65 percent um women in our organization and reflected the leadership level as well um but yeah i had a, a amazing amazing bosses and that really helped to shape just my view of work i think just that it was equal and hard work and good fun and people were well well looked after and it's um so my simplistic view of businesses is it does boil down to leadership if the leadership is good and that cascades through then the companies become good and if it's not the company because people just reflect behaviors so i i just imagine if your only experience of work is a toxic environment yes. a you will start to reflect that and also you think it's normal and no one's there to kind of tell you that it's not so that's where the you just need to when mentoring point of view is just like get the hell out of there that's not how it's supposed to be like work. exactly bosses now, should be supportive and sacrificial for themselves and, and there to help you it's like <laughs> exactly. that's the job and now there's you know now there's fancy terms for it you know eq iq and i'm like and to your point when i think of the people and it's been both men and women for me yeah and and i worked at a very large tech company for many years and toxic is an understatement and that came from the founders of the business it always does that's where it starts and, that's the, that's and the part of the reason i left was it was a relatively bullying culture he or she who screams loudest wins and what you found was not not even just with women that that to get on and get in these senior roles you suddenly had to take on a certain facade and what was fascinating is the number of people who i'm still connected with having left and how I almost saw these pivots in personality in many cases. Mm. I'm like, I would not have sat down and had a, you know, even one beverage with this person, with some of these people, let alone, let alone have to deal with them at work. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, you're not so bad. So there was the culture of the organization and that comes from that leadership level. Um, I think you're spot on and you don't have to, you don't have to work in that environment. And, and ultimately what I say to people who are frustrated with their leaders, et cetera, is you can only control what you can control. If you haven't yes. communicated to the person, hey, like I always say to people that work for me, I'm like, I don't know what I don't know. If you don't tell me, I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, so, so true. I can choose to tell you why I did it and that I'm not going to change it. And then, you know, but ultimately I have a choice, you have a choice to control what you can control. And in some cases that is to your point, leaving. And that can be scary as well. And hopefully with networks like a bloom, you get a level of support around that to either help you talk through that choice and then help you to move if it's if it's choice to move, especially if it's some or report it or figure out the ways that you can do things without feeling so alone. Yeah, and I think that's for any organization that does this. And the, the challenge that I, 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 I know from you know, working with candidates and, and friends over the years um, is when you are in a bad environment, they are fundamentally oppressive. So they chip away at you. So your confidence to actually speak up to move is, 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 is diminished because that's what crap yeah. environments. Um, it's a, it's, it's a form of mental abuse, like it or not. Yeah, it um, really is. So I, I just I just um, wonder in terms of the there's so many challenges for Bloom to be involved with, what do you, how do you prioritize them? Are there ones that you want, that specific ones you want to tackle? What, how, how do you kind of have themes? Or you have, uh, what are the, yeah, <laughs> it's, sure that, it's, there's lots it's, of things to tackle. What, as we've grown, it's also become really interesting as well. And when we come back to this idea of breaking bias, we then try mm. to look at it as holistically. And in a lot of cases, it's what our, what our members are telling us. Mm -hmm. So within, so we'll, we'll do some campaign work that'll be on a broad level. We'll focus in on the different times of year. International mm -hmm. Women's Day or 
uh, menopause day is one that we've done things for um, uh, mental health, you know, celebrating and celebrating these differences, I think Absolutely. also helps to really shine a light, whether that's neurodiversity or um, um, the color of your skin, uh, your, your gender and how you represent that sort of thing. But from prioritization perspective, we tend to take a look at moments in time and try to give as much voice throughout the year to everyone in a way that's not going to uh, either feel token or burn people out because all of a sudden we're trying to do too many things at any given time. So there, the, the first and most important thing is, of course, the mentoring and the program around the mentoring and making that mm -hmm. be as diverse as possible and making those alignments happen. And then we look at things like the exchange, which is how we bring men into the conversation. And then last is really how we work with what we call our inclusion groups. Yeah. And the inclusion groups have been created primarily organically. People in, in the organization are like, I want to have, to have this conversation. And it can literally start from we create a Slack channel. And then off the back of that, these that people almost um, from, from the ground up will build and create things. So for example, there's a group, a parenting group. And they've now built a like return to work playbook off the back of that, which has gotten press about and, and organizations are now using. Um, two women who joined said, we need to have a conversation about people of color and create a blooming color. And so this is a large group of people that are thinking about, you know, those barriers and how those get tackled and how we have those conversations, whether it's through around moments in time, like a Black History Month, or just throughout the year and how we look at, at that and have that conversation. And all of that weaves back into this idea of breaking the bias, but we um, continually will bring it back to our pillars and how we um, align to our mission, which is around that um, empowering women and driving a level of equality. So it's always through that lens, but then these groups just go and, and a lot of it is just conversation. Um, there's one called Bloom Wombs, where it's all about women's bodies and, and those things that you might not be able to go and have a chat with them, but, but you should. Yeah. And in many cases, it's when we get into the exchange, which is really fascinating, at least in the, the people that it's a peer mentoring kind of a scenario that the men I've worked with have been like, can I talk about this with someone? Like I'm afraid to. So in many cases you start to open the door to um, hearing the, the, for lack of a better way of putting it, both sides of that conversation. Yeah, what do people every, feel comfortable with? Every, yeah. so, so everything we try to do is almost got this grassroots tone to it. And if you, um, Pride is another group that we have looking at the, the inclusiveness of LGBTQ plus. And, and certainly now in the past year with, with a lot of the things that are going on, whether it's racism in sports and how you know law changes, a lot of that's happening in North America. Yeah. All of this comes to this idea of breaking bias, moving, you know, in, in creating change, excuse it me, creating change and giving voice. Yeah, and when, when you have um, really strong groups, networking groups, communities, it is, it is community led. And, and, and then that naturally attracts more people and more and more conversations. And, and yeah, it's fascinating I mean, to hear is, how, how the subjects are formed because people get together and they want to talk about it and, and people take action. And, and I love that it's underpinned actually with that, with the mentoring piece, because on an individual basis, I'm, that just makes such a difference. If you've got the right mentor and if you're well-matched, it makes such a big, makes such a big difference. So, yeah. so just, just, on a, just on a personal level, because I, I don't even know. Um, so it'd be good to hear about the exchange and then it'd be good to hear about how men can get involved in the conversation. I think just um, not to ask a question and to answer it, I think, um, through my role at Sphere, I support all of our leadership team, which is um, has lots of women in it, and I feel very natural and 
that feels very easy to me because that's my job at work and it, and it, and it happens very organically and it's um, you know and I really enjoy um, working with working with and supporting people but if I look to step outside of sphere where I don't have that kind of um, right. you know uh, security I guess of it it's my company people generally know me um, you know it's um, you know that sort of yeah that sort of yeah, sort of, yeah that sort of personal involvement I wouldn't know where to start really in terms of what's what, what's the right thing to do the wrong thing to do what you do so if, if there's other, I'm sure lots of other men do feel like that. What, what, it'd be great to just hear what, how the exchange works and yeah, your, your advice really for, for, pe for people oh, okay. to be involved. Um, so, so how does, let me start. Um, Sorry, two questions, my apologies. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, the exchange was created, I think, two, three years ago now. I can't remember. As a point where we realized we're, we're talking in the bubble. We, we yeah. can't expect to inform change. We can sit around a room, you know, with our in, in a coffee clutch and complain about how all the men, men's are bad, <laughs> but that's not going to fix anything. So if you come around to that future-proofing a woman's career, come back to our pillars and spearheading industry action, how do we go do that? So the exchange was created to drive a conversation, senior women helping senior men. And, and, and it, I can, we call it a peer mentoring program. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think the women learn just as much as, as, um, and it was really to bring together men in and around our industry, particularly that communications industry mm -hmm. to help just break down some of these walls. And, and as I mentioned, what you start to realize is in some cases, they're like, I want to do the right thing. I'm just not sure what the right thing is anymore. Yes. You know, can I talk about, uh, can I talk about the menopause? I'm like, sure if they you know if they're bringing it to you or if we can think about menopause policies if if we don't talk about this then how can we expect to you won't have a policy yeah yeah and, and and the knock-on effect for a leader whether man or woman is if you don't start dealing with this stuff and having figuring out how to have the conversations and part of what the exchanges intend to do is to help people feel comfortable in at least starting the conversations in their workplace you're going to lose really good people yeah you have to have the what starts to happen is whether it's a woman in there who's going through the menopause and suddenly because of how it, there's 40 symptoms of menopause, mm -hmm. most people don't know that, but, but women don't know that. They're like, oh, well, I don't have hot flushes, so I'm fine. It's like, no. So, so when you understand and you can have those conversations, which is what the exchange was intended to do, suddenly you become... It, it, I, I would think or hope as a leader, you understand things, you can start to crack down some unconscious bias and you as a man then can become a true ally in your organization. And so when you see someone else doing something, the hope is that mm. you will then call it out and pull that person aside and slowly start to chip away at what is a systemic problem, particularly in the advertising industry in, the, in, in dare I say globally, but certainly in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's what the exchange is intended to do. So it's 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 not 500, it's not hundreds, or at least it's not going to be 500. Um, scaling these programs is tough. It's getting about 50 to, I think we had 50 pairings last year. Okay. And, and it's just having a conversation, you know, on the cadence that everyone feels comfortable with in a mentoring fashion. How are we listening? How are we helping people to understand how they can work and be better? Mm -hmm. And then how do we help each other to learn? Yeah. So, so I think that that the more we can do that, um, the more I think we will slowly start to, it, as long as 
the, the current leadership, if you look across all these organizations exist, some of this stuff's going to be there. So if we can start to chip away with it with some of the people who are currently in those leader positions, then to your point, younger people more junior as they come up will see, I'm going to just say it, the right way to perhaps lead an organization. So they're not going to see a toxic masculinity and they're not going to see people, you know, a, a, an institutional racism or a, a, you know, and things like that. And suddenly those things wash away. I think that that younger generations are a little bit more open to certainly looking at, for example, gender in all its forms. So naturally that will go away. But if you're in an organization where all you see is something that is toxic in whatever form it is, you could fall into the trap of going, that's how it's supposed to be. Yes, an organization's responsibility to reflect society. Tops down, bottoms up, right? Yeah. If you're doing a bit of both, and and I agree, as 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 a leader, they're going to look at you and emulate that because that's what people think success will be. Looks like, yeah, totally, totally get it. Um, do you have out of interest? Um, so naturally, your members all work within companies, so they'll be, we hope, um, pioneering the companies. But do you have companies reach out and say, hey? we don't have a policy on this can you can you help yeah, us to, um, to, to, to think about it we actually have within our membership yeah i mean obviously plenty of people who are at agencies or brands etc but we do also have a lot of like freelancers people who freelance yeah um, contract roles uh that sort of thing um we have a lot of who are taking work breaks <laughs> maybe they've had children or just taking a step back so so we do have quite a mix but yes we do have businesses a lot of times it'll come through from our members who mm -hmm. are like this is where a lot of the um, the parenting playbook kind of came out of this need to perhaps help organizations to do things like that. There's, we've been trying to work with organizations around their menopause policies. Yeah. Um, seeing what Channel Four did, how do we partner with, for example, people like that? We've done some sessions on it. So yeah, so we there's a few different programs. We've also talked with organizations around like we we created a thing was created called Booth of Truth. Yeah, which is is that honest, you know, you can say it and the what like cone of silence. And when we did, when we were doing Bloomfest Live, it was literally a pod <laughs> and then it became a virtual space. Um, and it's almost taking those into organizations so you can have those say and ask those questions. You would never think. Yeah, if you don't ask, you'll never know or you won't learn. So you kind of but you need to have a confidence to ask. That's yeah, I get it. Exactly. So so this comes back to this again, this this kind of pillar of industry action and how do we drive change is how do we take the stuff back into the workplace? And when those questions come from workplace from organizations, how can we come in and help them in a way mm. that will drive us hopefully a, a long term change? And, and with the action this year, I, I really hear about the pillars and the mentoring schemes um, and breaking biases in you know, a, a, a number of different areas. If you looked at 2022 and what we can expect to see from Bloom, what, what, what should we look out for this year? We have a lot going on. As I mentioned, you know, <laughs> the mentoring program will be probably our biggest yet. Yeah. Um, we're really trying to look at how we create more tangible assets, like guides, resources mm. that will help individuals or companies to address those barriers, kind of like we were just talking about. The play that that parenting playbook was a, a good first example of that. We want to, mm. again, like give tangible things that people can use. Um, uh, you know, there's also that, that parents playbook in particular was about how we give women a better return to work, kind of post-maternity leave, kind of make it simple and help people to understand that and all of that kind of thing to make a radical difference. There's a lot of events that we do for our members. There's mm -hmm. there's coaching circles to help people 
Um, we, we have quite a few coaches in our midst, so it's them helping each other in a, in a, as kind of a subgroup as well. And then just a lot of the campaigns and activities that we're going to do beyond, um, beyond our membership. So, so we try to do at least one or two what we call kind of external events a year, which culminates in Bloomfest, which is our big event. We're hoping to get back to in person. We had about 350 people last year. Um, we get some incredible speakers and have some really interesting conversations um, about these topics. So lots and lots to do. And what we're hoping is that as we amplify this in our social channels and things like that, that we can drive that conversation back to where you're asking. It's like, what can men do? It's like, be a part of the conversation. Yeah, I totally. would, you know, ask the, ask the questions, um, join the exchange, that sort of mm -hmm. a thing to really better understand how we can break down some of the, some of the barriers that are impacting all of us in our work and ultimately in our personal lives too. A yeah, lot but, of men but, say it helps them when they go home as well. Just oh, sure, and vice versa, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because the whole, like, I always talk to you about work-life balance, that they're, they're so connected. It's not like you love, you, if you love your job, but life's hard outside of it, that comes into work. And if life's, um, if you hate your job, then life outside of work is going to be hard. Like that, and, and never it's, has it's, it's balanced. They're so intertwined. It's not like you can't just be extremely happy in one part of your life. It just doesn't. It doesn't. And it never has that been more amplified when, like, I'm sat at my little desk here. But if I showed the room, which I will not because it's a mess, my <laughs> husband's desk is right there. Yes, close proximity. So um, it's it's like it's wonderful and weird at the same time so that Absolutely. overlap becomes even more acute i think to your point it really does yeah so, it really does. but yeah so um there's a lot like i said there's a lot we're doing we're just getting the year kicked off and and we just got our members in place so so i'm excited to see what new things we're going to create that we don't even know exist yet um absolutely and how we're going to do that so that that's kind of the fun part and why i wanted to be kind of at the leader in a leadership role this year was just to kind of take a look at what that looks like and, and drive the organization kind of to the next level. Great stuff. Well, Karen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I know that um, many, many, many people will who, who, who listen. Um, yeah, and good luck with everything this year. I'll be, yeah, I'll be watching on. Really, really appreciate the chance. And, and you know, all of us at Bloom, thank you for, for giving us a chance to talk a little bit about it. And yeah, and hopefully we can catch up in the exchange or something like that. I would love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much. A big thank you to Karen and Ed for this week's episode. Links to Bloom and the work they are doing to champion women will be in the show notes and via our website. Please join us in a few weeks' time for our next episode of Life in Digital.